Let me start today by thanking each one of you who have been listening to this podcast and messaging me and telling me how much you are loving it and how much this is helping you out. Some of you reached out and asked me if we can talk a little more about mental health. So my friends, I understand it's a very very important aspect of our lives. Today I bring to you an episode where we have a certified mental health therapist. So without a further ado, I want to get into this episode today ASAP so that if you are feeling a little depressed, a little sad, somewhere in your heart today or if that cycle keeps coming back and you're not able to get out of it i really hope this little effort that i'm making today will help you wherever you are today so let's get started i'm your host ishani nigam I am a recent masters in marketing communications graduate from the University of Melbourne streaming from Australia I help businesses entrepreneurs in this post covid world to reach their target audience through engaging and intriguing audiovisual content but over here I help you aspiring leaders students from all across the globe to take your first step towards your goal this season There's also a bit of twist to it. We will be discussing something very important in taking your first step, which is you. It's all about you, your abilities and your internal environment that takes you to the first step. So my friends, get ready and get started for an engaging and really informative season where I engage with accomplished people who have taken their first step but the way to the first step has been building their inner capabilities and that is what we are going to unleash this season so if you are interested to take that first step in whatever profession you want to at wherever place you are right now then get ready for this season back on my first step ever my friends my ninjas with every episode we touch different aspects of our lives so that we can understand that how can we improve in each one of them that can collectively help us move towards our goal which is the ultimate goal of this podcast to help young professionals graduate students like you across the globe to reach your goal and to add to this amazing series we have an amazing really accomplished guest speaker today i'm so honored to have her here i would like to welcome jeannie white chang hi jeannie hi i'm so glad to be here thanks for having me it is it is my pleasure and i'm and my honor and i think my listeners uh, friends will definitely agree with this as soon as we finish this episode today because i know that they are going to get so much out of this episode before we begin let me introduce her Uh, let me give her the fair share credit that she really deserves she is a global mental health keynote speaker and she has spread her wisdom at different occasions at corporations community organizations and colleges very recently she was bestowed with 
hashtag number one international best-selling author title. She has written her own story, her own account, and that really helps you understand that why she's so passionate about what she's doing. She is a mental health expert, a corporate wellness consultant, and executive leadership advisor. Besides this, you are also a certified, licensed certified marriage and family therapist, a certified mental health in integrative medicine provider and a certified clinical trauma professional. So it means that whatever we talk right now, it is going to be serious business with a lot of, uh, you know, weight in that because you have really gone through different phases of your life and you have done a lot of study backing your study is your ex expertise and knowledge and experiences. So I'm really happy to have you here because you do things a little different which is your trademark. We will get to that, which is all about cultural confidence. And you speak about mental health with identity, mindfulness and resilience as a pack. And I think that really helps us at this point in time to come out of the depressive state, the low state and much more that we experience. So before I ask anything, let me just begin by asking this very simple question. Why did okay. you choose to be in mental health, to be a mental health advocate and take up this practice as a profession? Sure. I, um, so this I'd like to share that it's part of my identity journey as a Korean American. I did not start off my, my career in mental health, you know, and I, and I say that in my book, but I started out as a journalist. And I love journalism. So it's not like I left the field because I didn't like it. But I didn't, I recall that I made a decision because I didn't feel happy. So even early on in my 20s, I'm older than that now, I didn't feel right about being in that field of journalism, even though I liked it. So actually, it was burnout, to be honest with you, to, to share a little bit about burnout. And so if I was treating as a therapist, my 20 year old self, 24 year old self, I would say, yeah, you're in burnout. You could like what you're doing, but maybe along the way you might have, might have lost a sense of purpose. And it's funny because I was wanted to be a journalist since I was in fourth grade. Wow. And the fact that I'm in mental health, I'll be honest with you, never imagined it. Not because I'm Asian and, you know, technically as an Asian American, there are different fields that our parents want. It's not because of that. It's just that I was so set on being a journalist. But after being a journalist and then leaving the field and trying to decide what to do, I went to business school. And people are like, okay. And I go, yeah. And I went to business school for not the right reasons. I wanted to go. It's not because I wanted to go to, to because I wanted to do it. It's mm -hmm. because I wanted to look good. And I was trying to figure out what to do. But so I didn't really enjoy business school, I'll be honest with you. Um, I dabbled in business here and there, but it wasn't my passion. So when I was in my early 30s, hopefully I look young. No, um, I'm older than 30s. I yeah. trying to figure out as I was raising four kids, very young kids at wow. the time, what do I want to do with my life? What am I passionate about? What makes me feel good? What makes me happy? What can I do for a long time? And it came to me at two in the morning, really, literally two in the morning in the US going and I woke up like, oh, therapy. I need to become a therapist. And, wow. and most people are like, what, did you even think about it before? I'm like, no. But you know what it is? Why it came to me is because I was thinking, I was asking those questions. What am I good at? What gives me passion? What do I enjoy? 
I did enjoy counseling others. I did enjoy working with others. I did enjoy hearing stories of other people and helping them. But now I decided I might as well go back to grad school to learn really how to do it. And that's how I became, I, I went into field of mental health. So I call it my third career. And I always like to say this, you're never too late to find your passion. Even if it's people say later in life, doesn't matter. You could do it for as long as you want. People these days are, you know, pivoting, doing innovative things. COVID has changed a lot of us. And so I want to give that encouragement that don't feel like you're stuck. And obviously at the time when I was thinking about what to do, I felt stuck. So I went, I would say a little bit later in life, I was a little older than some of the people in grad school, but not really. I'm so glad I did it. And the rest is history because now helping, I want to say other Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders, people in my community that have cultural conflict and cultural differences and cultural challenges, I'm able to understand them and help them. Every time I ask that question, that's also a very cliche one that why did you get into it? What what drove you? You know, but the, the answer to this question has such a deep meaning and learning for all of us who are listening to it, because it just gives us an idea that it's okay if you're young and you do not know what is happening and you're going with the flow. And at later stage, if you think, oh, this is what I want to do. And if you get stuck, you don't feel good. It means that you have the opportunity to maybe pivot or shift or do something different and that's when how you had the confidence to you know because having a thought is one thing and second is to accept it and to take that step that that's really scary it's not easy I'm I'm sure you must have felt that jitter at the very beginning itself I'll be very honest of course it wasn't easy right when you're going back to grad school again and then I have four kids but I'll, I'll say this it's not going to be easy, but if you really know that's what you want to do and you're passionate about it and you feel like that's a sense, you have a sense of purpose, then that's going to help you through it. Of course, if you hate what you're doing, then of course it's going to be even more difficult. But the passion and excitement and purpose drove me to really enjoy graduate school. Believe it or not, it was hard. I did not like writing all those papers, but I enjoyed writing about the topic. Does that make sense? Nobody likes homework. Who likes homework? Really, if being honest. But I got through it because I really wanted to do it. There's a very important message uh, from what you were just saying, actually. You know, uh, once you know what you're passionate about, the things that come in the way of, you don't feel it as a hurdle. That's more like a stepping stone stepping stone to you know reach your goal so you're even more interested and passionate to go ahead and accomplish that and I'm so happy to know that also thank you for saying that you know the reasons that you got into an MBA college being so honest about it it's it's very necessary if not to the world but to be very honest about things to yourself because then it will only help you further in your life so as we're discussing this genie I wanted to you know kind of address this thing over here because all the young professionals graduates who are listening to us today I think this is a phase although throughout the life we do have this emotional turmoil going on if we're not able to you know kind of master it but at this stage it's very it's, I think it's at its peak because we don't know what we're doing in life who we are we're figuring things out and there's so much emotional burden, baggage. At times we are depressed. Um, we also go through trauma. Some serious things happen in our life. We don't know how to, you know, go ahead. We don't have people to guide us. And since we have you here today, I think it's it's a very nice start. If, if I can ask you, you know, what are the few suggestions or maybe top tips that you can give 
that they can feel okay? Sure. No, those are great questions. I think the, so the, the short answer and I'll break it down is to ask yourself the questions. I mean, the key is to be aware. So if you're aware that you're not feeling great, depressed, anxious, stressed out, a lot of things, or you feel like there's toxic relationships, right? Or in things in your life, you're not happy at work. The, the first thing is awareness, right? That that's what's going on. And then you could say, okay, this is what I'm going to do to tackle one thing. I'm going to be clear. Mental health is a daily practice. So when people get overwhelmed, they're like, how do I feel better? And they think of like a long-term goal. I need you to think short-term in the day. How am I to get through the day? The day is super stressful. What can I do to feel better? When you think that way, it, it becomes much easier to control. Then how do I feel better for the rest of my life? When, when there's really no such thing, to be honest, you always constantly have to work on feeling better. I call it mental health hygiene. So you guys, just like we have physical hygiene, we wash our hair, take, take showers. I hope you do brush your teeth, put on makeup. I need you to think like that with mental health daily. So what can you do each day? Either it's a habit or a new thing each day that'll help you. Because for instance, in the US, it's, it's, it's Tuesday. Every day is different. So even though you may have constant patterns, like you're going to always make sure you meditate or talk to your good friends or at work, you make sure that you stay focused because when you get distracted, it stresses you out, whatever helps you. But a day is different. So if something stresses you out, then I need you to say, this is the question you have to ask in all honesty. We don't ask this enough. What's going to make me feel better? What makes me happy? And then I need you in that daily practice to find a specific thing that makes you happy in that moment. Again, I'm going to be clear. People try to ask this greater question of what's going to get over my depression in like a month. I'm like, no, 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 no. What's going to make you feel better right now? And it, people, and it's not instant gratification. It's to help you. It's, it's actually mindfulness practice to go right now. I'm really stressed out. You know what makes me feel better? Well, to, to take a break from my work. I have 10 minutes. I'm going to go outside, even though it's 100 degrees, which it is here, um, and go take a walk for a change of pace. And that is something very simple. But we underestimate it because we're looking for the big, glamorous things. And I'm not saying that everybody does that. But I'm trying to get you guys to see practical things to work on your mental health daily. So these are the things you have to wake up and say, I feel good today. But then in a given moment, you know what? Something's stressing me out. What helps me is deep breathing. What helps me is petting my dog. What helps me is talking to my best friend. Um, what helps me is, is not really conversing with this one person that makes me feel bad. That's that is boundaries, right? Do it. And, and then the next day may be something different. But I do want you to look for patterns. So that's the bottom line. At the very end of the day, what are the patterns that you go to or the habits that you have that are your go-tos that make you feel better consistently. This is a, being solution focused, meaning you don't look at the problems. We already know the problems. In fact, the problems are easier to define, right? We already know this person makes me feel bad. I don't like this. Work is stressful. That's easy. I need to reframe that perspective and go, what helps you feel better? When do you not feel like someone's bringing you down? When are you not stressed out? You need to look at that. So look at those patterns that make you feel better. And then what I'm going to say is do them more. Make them a part of your hygiene. 
how do you do that? Well, I'll ask you that. Like I'll say to people, people are like, Jeannie, Jeannie, how do I do that? I'm like, listen, I'm the therapist to guide you, but I don't want to be that person that you have to cling on to. It is dependent on you, right? I say that to people, right? For change to feel better, it comes down to the person. My job is just to make you more aware and help you see things. So I hope that was, that was a longer answer, but I wanted people to know that it's at your fingertips. You already know what helps you feel better. I'm just there to remind you. And it could be something you're already doing. Then what I'm going to say is, oh, here, I'll give you a class example. People tend to say, oh, Jeannie, what makes me feel better is when I play music. And I'm like, oh, okay. When's the last time you played music? They're like, uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> that is a bad answer, right? I'll be like, no, 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 not bad answer. But that's not the best answer. I'd be like, that means the one thing you just told me you like doing, you don't remember the last time you did. How can you make that a part of your daily hygiene? And then people are like, oh, I guess I could play it every day. I'm like, exactly. So even at the end of the day, you're like, wow, that was a bad day. You know what? I'm going to pick up my guitar or whatever they say that works. But I've heard music a lot. And then when I hear people are like, yeah, I enjoy this, but yeah, I don't remember the next, last time I did it. I'd be like, well, then there is the answer. You need to bring it in and do more of it. I really love the way you have you know, changed the way we look at how we can have our mental health habit because it's more like a habit creation than thinking in the long term, as you just mentioned. That has really helped me understand uh, what are the small, easy, doable steps that I can do that is in my control, you know, because I know what I like. I know how I can do it. So that right. really is really good. I'm so happy that you uh, have really explained that to me, to our listeners. I'm sure it, it, it's going to make our life easier if we understand what you're trying to tell us, to break things down in a day and do it every day, as you said, to maintain a hygiene, to maintain a habit. That's very interesting, uh, Jeannie. Uh, really good to know some really great takeaways over there. And going forward, I think I would also like to um, ask you this thing, you know, now that we know the kind of habits that we can build, uh, but it gets very difficult at this stage to share our problems with maybe our friends, our family. Mm -hmm. And yeah. at, many, at many times what happens is that a person is in denial they don't accept that they're going through an issue so for for these two different situations where they're in denial and they're not able to share uh is there something that you can maybe help our listeners with that's that's a very good question especially when it comes to family dynamics and if we're going to be specific because my expertise happens to be api mental health right just our asian culture which can be very interesting, some of the dynamics between parents and kids and adult kids. But I'm going to say this. if Yes, if you're around people that you know could use some help uh, and, they're, and you believe they are not as healthy as they can be, the key is, though, is definitely to help them be more aware of that. But I'm going to ask your intention because sometimes people just end up sharing things with somebody going, you need to get professional help. It can be very offensive, right? And hurtful. And then actually do the very thing, which is turn them off from getting help because what they might've needed is validation. We tend to be a problem fixing society. I'm, I'm guilty of it too, because I'm a therapist. I'm always trying to help, right? But then at the very end of the day, why do people come to me? I tell you, they want to feel heard. 
They want to feel listened to. They want to feel seen and validated. So I per- so perhaps when you're giving advice, when I'm saying to people, or when you feel like, hey, this person's not help- healthy, and you could be right, then also maybe that's your way of judging. Like, how do you know? Maybe Maybe they're not telling you things and you're seeing things your own perception. I would say that at the very end of the day, if you really want to get someone help and you want to convince them of something, how do you do that? Well, make them feel good. And how do you make someone feel good? Make them feel validated. So if someone says to you, yeah, I'm not doing well, I'm depressed, and you hear this and you're like, oh, this person needs help. Or can they go to a therapist? Well, I need to ask you, how well are you validating? Because actually I tell people you could play therapist first, but then there's a boundary. Don't give the, you know, you're not a therapist, so you're not the expert. Yeah. Be there to listen and then go. And then I guarantee they'll be like, wow, I feel so heard. Thanks so much. Now, what were you telling me? And then you could say, well, what I was saying is I'm glad that you feel heard. I'm glad I'm here for you. But perhaps because I'm not a therapist, you could get professional help. Or it does sound like you're sad. And that's what I hear. Maybe this is what you can do. X, Y, Z. Am I making sense? Too quickly. We tend to be, here you go, you need help. Oh gosh, you're stressed out. And then here's what helps me. Sure, that's what helps you. That doesn't mean it'll help somebody else because solutions are all unique because we're all unique people to the people that we, you know, the unique, the yeah. solutions we come up with are unique to us because we're all unique. So I ask you, how can you validate someone else? Because guess what? You want to be validated too, right? <laughs> Do you know most of the time when people share, they are fine with not getting solutions. They actually want to be hearing you say, wow, that's bad. I can't believe that happened to you. Oh my gosh, you sound so stressed out. What can I do? I'm so sorry you're stressed. That is validation, folks. And at the very end of the day, I guarantee they'll be like, you know what? I feel so much better. And you're like, really? I didn't give you any advice. They don't need advice most of the time. That's so true. I think the number one advice to give anyone is, to anyone actually is to listen more, you know, than listen and then validate, right? To hear and go, yeah, yeah, that sucks. And to be honest, be like, if they're telling you something, be like, match them going, oh my gosh, if that happened to me, yeah. I'd be mad too. And doesn't that make you feel good when you're making someone feel good? And then when someone validates you, it feels so good for you. Yeah, I can actually recollect two such situations when he was speaking in which I have done the same thing which you just mentioned you know just gone ahead and given that advice or that solution and another situation in which I haven't done that because I thought oh that did not work let me try this and I could really see the difference and it's so good because the other person feels heard as you just mentioned and being on the other side as well, when I wanted to share my feelings and, you know, when I was going through issues, just one of my friends, she just listened. That's all she did. And that made me feel exactly what you said. So this is really good. So anyone who's listening to us today, I am not sure what situation you are in, but we often go through emotional turmoils, which is very normal which is very okay as Jeannie says always it is okay to be in such circumstances and I think with her advice it is going to be really really uh, helpful for each one of us who are listening to her today that if you can listen and validate any of your friends who really need you it will be really great or if you're at the other end 
I hope you find someone who can at least listen to you. If not, show the courage a little bit if you can, you know, to get to someone who you think, who you trust, they will listen to you. So moving ahead, I am going to get into the very interesting segment over here because I think uh, uh, we met in one of the conferences and I I loved what you explained of how you educate your clients and even other people, uh, which is with your YouTube channel. I'm going to give it to you from here i'm going so that you can explain what is the channel about and what is the unique technique that you have started using because i think it is going to blow everyone everyone's mind especially the young people who are listening to us well and i love that i first of all yes what what you're alluding to is it, it's i'll share korean dramas in my work and to help people better understand themselves, mental health, to normalize talking about their emotions, but also to understand the family, but also to understand our Asian culture. Does that make sense? Because you can watch these Korean dramas, which a lot of people love, and adjust to these and really relate to the characters, right? You know, you cry with them, you laugh with them. You also see parent-child interactions that you may not experience in real life, because you don't always see the other person's side. In K-dramas, you see both sides because you're the viewer. You're like, oh, look how mean that dad was to the son. Oh, but look, the, the, and the son's crying. Oh, but, but then look, the dad's so sad too that we see later. That's what I find so beautiful because in real life, when people are upset with their parents and spouses and partners and friends, sometimes they don't get the full side, right? They, don't, they only see their side. And they don't always get the other side unless that person shares with them, right? So K-dramas, guys, the reason why I brought Korean dramas into my work, it's called my YouTube channel that I started in COVID called Nuna's Nunchi. Nuna means older sister in Korean. I'm trying to be cute. Yeah, I'm try- probably too old to be your older sister, but it's okay. And then Nunchi, Nuna's Nunchi. Nunchi is a Korean word as well. It's really a Korean superpower. It's that Korean concept of, uh, using your common sense, using your 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 eyes, your sense of energy to read the room, to get a sense of what's going on by looking, observing. And that's what I do as a therapist. I might have someone come see me and they may not look sad, but using my nunchi and asking the right questions, I might realize they are sad. Does that make sense? So that's why I knew that I was going to use nunchi when I was going to talk about K-dramas and then Nuna just sounded fun. So Nuna's Nunchi. But what I talk about on my YouTube channel is breaking down different K-dramas with different themes to help you better understand mental health, your family, which can cause a lot of stress, right? Um, and then even the Asian cultural nuances and norms that we struggle with, pleasing our parents, doing well in school, looking good, um, trying to be perfect, not talking about our emotions. That's that's all that's all part of our culture. Yes. But that's also not healthy. When you try too hard to look good, it adds to our stress. So that's why I use K dramas. And I'm gonna share why it came about. Several years ago, yes, I was talking to some young students, but I was trying to get young students to help understand their parents. So now I even use it to parents. Let me tell you, all ages from youth to grandmothers love K-dramas yes. and they relate to them. Why do you watch them? Because you relate to them. So I started using it to help people with their mental health. But the honest truth is to be authentic, 
It's because I use it for my mental health. So I feel like it comes across more genuine when I tell people, watch this K-drama because I do, right? And I'm a therapist and I will turn to certain K-dramas and learn these life lessons and go, wow, you know, I got to better understand my kids because of something I saw and specifically K-dramas. So that's how Nunez Nunchi, my YouTube channel came about. And I am finding it, believe it or not, growing more because people are watching them more. We're in COVID, so people are watching more on Netflix, but also globally, Korean culture and BTS and K-pop has taken over. So people will turn to K-dramas going, well, I love K-pop, so let me watch this K-drama. And I also use that too, because I know that people are watching it and I want them to understand some family dynamics that are easier to show on a K-drama. And so I tie the two. So I intersect K-dramas and mental health to help you. And that's what Nunas Nunchi is about. Nunas Nunchi is a brilliant idea. I love it because I think it's a safe space to confess that I love watching K-dramas. Right? <laughs> that's the reason I was so excited to see, oh, that, that's not bad because I already watched something. And if I can learn out of it, I think I understand what you're saying because I've been watching some. And some of my friends uh, off late, they have started watching K-dramas. And I think it's so contagious once you start watching. And I oh, think, yeah. Yeah. The mix of this this combination is so good, you know, mental health and K-dramas. It kind of also eases out things because you're watching something, you're detaching yourself from problem for a bit and seeing the same problem from someone else's eye and coming back, which is amazing. And I would really love uh, all the listeners, if you're listening, I, I know you have got excited after listening to this particular thing. Do check out Nuna Nuchi, the YouTube channel. For Jeannie, she is doing some amazing work over there. It is an honor. And thank you for, you know, sort of condensing all your knowledge and expertise from this last few decade that you have got in this short span of time. I would just like to request you if you would like to leave our listeners with a quote or a saying that you really resonate with. I have one from myself. It's in my book. Um, there's so many, obviously, but I'll start with Brene Brown who I really admire, who says this quote of uh, vulnerability is one of the highest, greatest measures of courage. So in our culture, especially when it's hard to be vulnerable, it's actually being more courageous when you're expressing who you are and being real, especially when it comes to mental health, which is a very normal thing. But my quote is also uh, embracing or you know, enduring the cultural imperfections of our heritage is really the first step in transforming your identity. Meaning, don't deny the struggles that you've had. Don't deny the, what you've experienced and, and really reject your past. Does that make sense? Because your past is part of who you are. I'm trying to build healthier, positive self-identity. So it's important to just endure it, understand that you have these imperfections in the culture or in your past but as a part of you, now how can you create it for transformation for the person you want to be? That's what that means. So enduring the cultural imperfections of your heritage is just the first step in transforming your life. That's so essential. You know, acceptance is such a big key to keep moving forward. 
forgiving and accepting i think two very very important keys for your mental health to keep yourself healthy thank you genie for being on my first step ever i'm so excited and pumped i would like to tell all my listeners that i know that you guys have had fun listening to this and you've gained something really really worthwhile from this episode so if you would like to just show gratitude towards genie maybe you can get in touch with her through linkedin or maybe subscribe her channel just say thank you or whatever if you would like to give us a like subscribe and do comment on the instagram page my first step ever underscore in or connect me on linkedin ishani nigam and let me know how did you like this episode please follow us on spotify google or apple podcast also if you have any comments you like to give any feedback or if you really like to listen to someone Please follow us on Instagram my first step ever underscore in and let me know and before I take a leave I would like to say start believing in yourself and most importantly keep believing in yourself I am Ishani Nigam your host for my first step ever signing off for this week and eagerly waiting to have you and our next speaker again for the next week see you